0: On this week's episode of the Havest Teacher Express, we are talking all about homework. We love a good homework session. Is it necessary? We also bring up homework in America and in the UK. Uh, we also highlight some hot or nots and talk about the underdogs. So you're going to want to keep listening. Please keep listening. Please. Welcome to another week on the tracks on the Hot Mess Teacher Express. We always have our very, very wonderful co-host here, Vinny. How you doing? I'm good.
1: My name is Vinny Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Thomas English, a.k.a. the exotic import all the way from England that's currently living in America and gracing this podcast with my presence.
0: Wow. Thank you for taking the time. (laughs)
1: Which brings us on to our first section of this week. We have hot take. This is the part of the podcast where we scour the internet and try and find things that teachers are currently talking about. Things that they may be snarking about. And um, we just basically like go through our opinions on it. We say whether or not we agree, disagree. And we basically just chat whatever we want basically. So this week's hot take is homework. Is it necessary? I feel like this could vary, because obviously you did primary, I did secondary, yeah. and I feel like the viewpoint for homework is a little bit different. Oh, see,
0: my viewpoint is for all. I don't think it's necessary. Okay. I do not think it's necessary. I The last thing that I want to be doing when I get home from school is doing grading grading work or planning. Like, I just spent seven hours of my life in school doing that, so why why would I want to take home stuff to do that? And why would I want to give these kids stuff to to yeah. just reiterate what we did? Now, if there is a situation where a child did not understand a concept, or like they needed a little bit more practice, absolutely, I like, I understand yeah. that that in those instances. But I'm not just going to give it to give it. I don't. I don't think that it's good. And a lot of times, these kids have extracurriculars. They're way more busy than I am. Yeah. They have to go to like soccer practice, drama club, all of the things. And they're not getting home until nine o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's different depending on like the lens of it as well. Because it's like I've seen it where like you know when I go back home to England, like I have two nephews that are in school. They're in primary school, and like I see like my sister picking them up from school, then having to like get them like prepared to be out of school and like get changed, and then suddenly she's like, oh no, we need to do like our reading, we need to do our homework, and right. all of this on top of her trying to like make the dinner and all of this. And I'm just like, I oh, look at and I I'm like, I didn't even
0: think about it as a parent. Yeah,
1: I'm like I. Look Look at it from the parent's lens and I'm like the amount of stress and pressure that puts on a parent as well. I don't think it's beneficial because it's like it's also a thing of like, you know, it's nice like to be able to teach the concept of, you know, you go to school like you would go to work and then you go home. And you have work-life balance or school-life balance, and your evening is for you to be a person instead of, like, a machine doing things. And so, yeah, I see it from that lens, and I, I don't like it, <laughs> because I feel like it's just adding more and more stress to both students and parents. And I feel like that's where you then get that kind of, like you know, you get parents being frustrated because they're like, oh, so now I've got to like ride my kids to do all this homework on top of everything else. Right. And then you also get teachers that are then stressed out because then they've got to grade the homework that they've set. And it's like, I know this is also a thing where if you're in a school where there are certain teachers, especially in a high school, because high school culture is very much like, oh, well, you have, five, six different teachers and the history teacher gives out homework on XYZ days, but the English teacher doesn't give out enough homework, but then the maths teacher gives out all of the homework and it's like there's that kind of like battle of like popularity almost into who has the best homework policy and there's no like rigid, this is the policy of the whole school and everyone's just kind of like like, flying the plane and building it at the same time. What was your, like, homework policy when you were told?
0: What my first few years of teaching, I definitely did, because that was kind of the culture of the school. Like, you Mm. had to give homework. I remember putting together spelling packets, like, five pages for the week, stapling those babies together and sending them home, and I would collect them at the end of the week. Why was I doing that? Why? Did I look at them? No. Did I grade them? No. I so like for me it just came down to a point where like I didn't want to grade this stuff I also didn't want to prep all of that stuff and it just got to a point too where the kids were spending a lot of time on homework Um, like if I was co-teaching with someone who did give a lot of homework I was like "Mm, I'm not yeah (laughs) You can you can do that stuff. My homework policy because I taught like high
1: school English, so I think high school always a different ball game, anyway. But mine used to always basically be: you have X amount of lessons. To so say there was like an essay that was due, yeah, and I knew for a fact this essay is probably going to take you about two lessons. But I'm going to give you a bonus lesson just in case so that you have time to like collaborate, ask questions, do all that because I don't want to like put you in a stressful environment where you have to do it and like you know creativity and all of that. And then I would say, right, so I'm giving you this. Simon on the Monday, you're going to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's lesson to do it. The due date's not till Friday at midnight, so at that point, if you have not used the time in lesson, Mm -hmm. and then some, because I've Mm -hmm. already accounted for extra time just in case if you have not completed within those set of lessons, your homework is to have that done by that deadline. Yeah. And I feel like for me personally, as an English teacher, that's what makes sense. I'm like, if I've got assignments where it's overarching and there's things that they need to finish at home, because I'd have students that would say to me flat out, my parents want me to do homework, so I would rather wait till I get home to do this because they're going to tell me you need to have an hour of homework time and have like policies like that. Oh, okay. And that's kind of the trade-off. It's also the culture of what is the household like? Yeah. And if the household... is we expect you to come home and have an hour dedicated to studying they're gonna be like well I would rather just save that work for them and use this time to like yeah. you know speak to my peers and like find out what I'm doing on this assignment and then do our home yeah so um I would just do that because I was like why would I give you more homework when I'm already chasing people down to do this assignment from last week right so yeah I'm just kind of like I feel like it's how you use it and then for me I feel like doing it in that way it kind of grows into the expectations of the classroom of yeah your reward for doing your work in class is that you don't have exact- homework <laughs>
0: yes yeah right if you're not going to use your time wisely then absolutely you are going to have homework you troll
1: yeah for me i'm like homework's no i feel like if you're going to do homework do it in a way that like supports the learning of the classroom and doesn't give either yourself or your students more work i'm like i think work smart i not harder with this one
0: wow that was a great little soundbite to end <laughs> 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 Nothing more to say on this. <laughs> this is the segment where we take something in the education field and we compare and contrast British and American and how they handle these different things in school. And it's usually very depressing for americans but because yeah. yeah okay so this week is we're talking about homework expectations in american and british classrooms so i think we just brushed on this. I know. Quite a lot of,
1: <laughs> the american one anyway um i know for me personally um and th- this is what's really difficult because i feel like no matter what you do when you're doing something like this it's I've not been to every single thousands and thousands of school in America. I've not been to every thousands upon thousands, like hundreds upon hundreds of schools in the UK either. Um, So a lot of this is like reflecting on our own personal experiences. But the basic consensus I always got whenever I was in a British school was basically that you give homework so that you're fulfilling that target goal whatever you may call it of being like you're administering homework in some way shape or form and you're sending it home to your students so that they have that there to supplement their learning but it was always I always got told in the schools that I was at you cannot use homework in a way that it undermines or disciplines the student because you Mm. don't know what their home life will be like and i know that it's different for each school but they would be like you know like if you're saying a task where they need to go on a computer and they need to do all of this stuff there are some students that don't have access to computers so how can you discipline them and how can you make it so that a lesson can't run um the schools that i taught at, there were different policies one was that you set homework and if they do the homework, it basically just like is like a good mark next to their name. So it's something that you bring up on like parent-teacher conferences. Okay. And it's also saying that can be used like when you're looking at like sets and stuff. If you have a student that's like, oh, I'm in set three and I want to move up to set two and they're consistently doing the homework and they're proving that they're improving. Because it's
0: leveled. It can in basically the UK. be
1: used as a way to level up if they want to go into a higher set. Got you. So um, I saw it from that perspective. And then I also saw it from another one where you would set homework and then there's. There would be a part of a lesson where they would respond to feedback from the homework. And if there were students that hadn't done the homework, that's basically when they would do the homework in class as
0: well. Did you find that the completion of homework was was more consistent? I, or- I'd i say
1: in both cases, I think it's a very recurring thing, especially in secondary schools where homework is, it is what it is. I feel like it's really hard to get it done. I think from my own perception of seeing it, I think homework in primary schools in England is slightly more... Um, easier to integrate and people are more likely to do it because it goes with like the development of a student as uh-huh. a, especially when it's things like they're learning to read they're learning maths for the first time right. where it's like those initial skills where it's like the parent is able to assist them. But I think as it gets harder and as it goes into things that parents may not be as well versed in or as comfortable helping them with or at the same time could easily get frustrated with, I think that's when the disconnect comes. And I feel like in England, it's quite a thing that once you reach a certain age, parents are like, you are growing into a teenager, (laughs) a young adult, and you need to do something for yourself. And I'm not here to you know helicopter you versus in america it's like it's the opposite like i would have 18 year old students where the parents would helicopter and be like what do you mean you're fouling my son and like in england you'd be 18 you would not even be in like regular school you'd be in sixth form or advanced levels like i could not imagine my dad going in at 18 years old and cussing out my teacher for fouling me he'd be like you're 18 you're an (laughs) adult like get over it like yeah, so I feel like it goes into that. A lot of it, I think, bleeds into just, like, the different cultures and different parenting styles yeah. of England and America. Yeah.
0: You know, in America, I think there is, like, this expectation to almost spoon-feed the children and and not... I, I'm, I'm finding that a lot of kids have a trouble problem solving or just yeah. solving any minor inconvenience in general. But it's, it's like I said, I have not been
1: to every single school in England. Right. And Like I, I've done a video on this before and there are people in England that are like, it's not like that. And I'm like, well, it was like that for every school I've been to. So I'm sorry that your school's a little bit more strict. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's, I feel like it goes more into like what is the culture of the country itself and that bleeds into the homework and how your students' life outside of school is impacted right right Which brings us to our next section, hot or not—the part of the show where we go over t- different topics that we think are hot, which means good, and not, which is bad. Just in case <laughs> you are <were> unaware, so our <laughs> first topic for this week is uninterrupted prep time. Woo!
0: Hot, hot, hot! Oh, hot, hot smoking hot. in here!
1: <laughs> you all red for a reason. Oh yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there is nothing better. Than an uninterrupted prep period, I cannot tell you. Do, you know do what- I do
1: I get a lot done? No, but <laughs> do you know what is better than an, an uninterrupted prep period? A prep period that is literally back to back with lunch, especially on a day you where are you. so
0: right, yes. <laughs>
1: When you like merge them together, because I was always like, if my prep period was before lunch, I would eat my lunch in my prep and then I would be able to just get stuff done or I would like power through into my lunch then eat. But I would be like, right, I've got like an hour prep plus a 40 minute lunch. Okay, an hour and 40 minutes, which in the teacher realm is unheard of. Uh So...
0: (laughs) No, like now that you're bringing that up, I remember this one year I was teaching third grade and I had two preps in one day because of the unified art schedule. So I had a prep lunch. I had to do recess duty, but that's fine because then the next period was prep again.
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. I I feel like there's a lot of debate about what the best prep is. And I'm like, personally, if I had first prep, I'd always be late. And if I had last prep, I feel like I would switch off before the day's even over.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it's right smack dab in the middle. Nice little. It's like if I can just get to ten thirty, <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Oh, so yeah, uninterrupted
1: prep period. It's a hot, hot. hot,
0: hot.
1: Which brings us on to our next topic for hot or not: students or parents asking for next week's work because they're coming on vacation.
0: It's a not, no. If you are going on vacation in the middle of the school year, like not during a break, don't why no just enjoy your vacation you're taking it for a reason when they
1: ask you in the middle of you instructing on what they're about to do in that lesson right at the start, and you're like right i'm focused i'm gonna do this and they're asking you, you're you like i don't even know what i'm teaching in three seconds yeah
0: i mean we've talked about what a disorganized hot mess i am in the classroom could i put together a bunch of work For a week?
1: When how I used to do it, when I was like planning for English, I would do where I'd be like, right, I'm going to pre-plan the entire next week of like freshman, junior English. I'm going to... Plan it out so it's all there. But then no doubt you would have it where there'd be a random fire drill. Or you would have it where there's a random trip and half your class isn't there. Or, you know, you give them a task and then it suddenly takes two lessons to do, something that you planned one. So I would always plan a week with the intention in my mind of, I've planned a week, but this is probably going to be more like a week and some change. Maybe a week and a day, week and two days. So it's like... It's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing next week, but I don't want to give it to you because you could do it and then you could be two weeks ahead. And now I've got a student just sat there doing nothing for two weeks.
0: Right. And then it's it's usually me playing catch up with that student once they come back too. Or they do it or they do the work,
1: but they do the work wrong. And then you've got to be like, like, right, you've done this wrong because you didn't get what I was trying to do. And
0: especially in elementary school, like where we're teaching new concepts all the time. Like math was a new concept every single day. I'm no I can't I
1: can't yeah like for English it would literally be like we're gonna be reading this chapter or these two chapters just read the book
0: right (laughs) just read the book and come back read the book do the quizzes online that's all I need from you right it's a not yeah don't ask me for your child's work a week ahead of time don't do it Grind Our Gears, which is a horrifying segment <laughs> for me, where we rant for 30 seconds about a topic that really, really annoys us. Um, so please join along with us. You can do this wherever you need to, in a, in a closet, in a car, in, in a bathroom mirror. I don't care. Ranting is good for the soul. You will have 30 seconds to rant about people that don't signal before changing lanes and People that do not signal when they change lanes. Do you know
1: what these people are called? Americans. Because you do not get taught how to drive properly. Because you're like, oh, I can just sue people. It's fine. We got insurance over here. Meanwhile, in England, people signal because the cops are on the street. There are cameras on the street. They will find you. They will find you. Whereas here, it's like, oh, I don't need to care, man. I can just signal over five lanes and just cut someone up. Oh, what? I just run over an old lady. That's fine. Sue me. I don't care. I'm free to just signal where I please. Zigzagging across lanes as well always speeding up and it's always the biggest trucks as well (laughs) (laughs) trucks americans cannot drive i know this for a fact i
0: (laughs) you're 30 seconds when uh, uh, when i got
1: my license here i paid (laughs) once to have free test i know this because i found the first two in England, you have to pay for the theory each time. You have to pay for the practical. You have to have X amount of lessons. You have to have an instructor refer you to take the test before you're allowed to take the test. Whereas here, they're just like, you got a car and a free will? Go for it, my friend.
0: <laughs> it's America.
1: <laughs> America.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: well, I feel better after that.
0: You should. Uh,
1: so, Jess, are you ready? Yes.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> But
1: yes. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Jess, your topic for this week is people who don't put their shopping carts back. <clears throat> whenever you're ready. Okay.
0: This is probably the rudest and laziest thing that you can choose to do. Once you finish taking out your groceries from the cart, putting it in your car, and you have the audacity to think that you can just leave that cart in between cars in the parking lot. No, that's not the way that it works. They have little places. They have little pins for you to put your carts back. It's not that hard. Take the 10 steps, you...
1: (laughs) Tell you got really hit, you almost
0: cuffed. I hate it. Oh I my. really do. I don't know why. Mine
1: is when someone puts it literally at the start of a car park space. So you go to pull in, you're like, oh, sweet, there's a space. Yes, and there's
0: that's a- what I'm talking about.
1: My worst is when someone parks and they've parked in a space where the car is basically air, And because they don't want the car to hit their car, they push it closer to your car.
0: In New Hampshire, where it snows, I would watch people while well, it's like snowing. The weather's not great. OK, but if... If you don't like the snow, stay home. And they would push their shopping carts into the snowbank because they didn't want to walk across to put it back. I'm like, no, that's r- because someone has to get it.
1: That one actually felt good. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, you almost cussed at someone. This now brings us on to our final segment of the week. It is. Underdogs in education. So this is the part of the show where we just highlight people in education in different forms, ways. Sometimes we share our stories, and this is just the part of the show where we get to just give a shout out to certain people in education that we think go unappreciated at times. Which for education is most people
0: in yeah. every single way. <laughs> shape There's a lot to choose um, from.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this week our underdogs are parents of IEP or 504 students.
0: This is a very very special parent to me. Um, And these parents are usually the most involved. Um, There's extra meetings that they have to go to and extra um, sessions that they have to do and commit to for their child to be successful. And they're really, I think the parents that understand that what we're doing in school is a team effort. And especially when I was in an IEP meeting, it was always felt like it was a team effort. Yeah. Um, I I was very rarely a part of an IEP meeting where it was like a ta- the parent attacking yeah. any of the educators. Um, so these parents absolutely deserve a shout out um, for the commitment that they they have for their child to be successful in any way that they can.
1: The education system is broken as is and i think with that there are so many issues that still need to be fixed with like iep 504 and like just accessibility as a whole that i think like you know parenting is hard in and of itself but then parenting like a like a child and a student that has like a need that needs to be met and like the frustration of schools not doing that and having to fight for it like i see so many stories all the time of, like parents that have had to like take their kids out of schools or like even from myself from my own experiences i remember going to iep meetings where literally like the parents would cry and be like thank you so much for actually helping me mm-hmm. because i went to x school x district and yeah. they just wrote me off and didn't yeah. care about what i had to say right and i think yeah it takes a lot to be able to do that and to show up and to just constantly try and do what's best for your child at all time so i really think that they deserve so much like respect and like literally i could not even imagine and they work so hard and they want their child to be successful and i think it's
0: just such a great thing
1: yeah me too which brings us to the end of our show today thank you so much for watching please follow us on all social media platforms is there anything you'd like to add jess
0: Oh, right you're just taking over yeah she
1: messed it up okay well have a nice day thank <laughs> you so much for listening we'll see you next time bye, bye. <laughs>